0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Interview. I am the one and only Dom. And today, I will be interviewing the one and only Stu Bennett for his upcoming movie, I Am Vengeance, Retaliation, the sequel to I Am Vengeance. I got Stu here? Sorry, is that dumb? Uh, This is Ken. Susan with Stu Bennett. Yeah, okay, how are you doing?
2: Good, good. Hey, I'm good, can, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you. Alright,
2: fantastic. All right. connected. We got there in the end.
1: <laughs> Alright, so uh, welcome to Geek Vibes interview. I am the host, Dom, and today we have the one and only Stu Bennett, also known as Wade Barrett, Bad News Barrett, King Barrett, and now John Gold. How are you doing, man?
2: I'm fantastic. Thank you, Dom. Thank you for having us on your show.
1: Oh, no, it's our pleasure, man. Um, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm sure everybody's excited to listen. Um, so to just get a little jump started, uh, tell us a little bit about your new movie, I Am Vengeance Retaliation.
2: Yeah, so I Am Vengeance Retaliation is the follow-up to a film we released in 2018 called I Am Vengeance. Um, it is a standalone movie, even though it, it does reference elements of the first film. It's really an ode to '80s action cinema, um, and I'm a big fan of, of guys like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and the kind of films they were pumping out then. And, and this is very much in that theme of, of high action, lots of fight scenes, gunplay, and uh, car chases and all that stuff. So um, it's a film about a special forces soldier, which I play, John Gold, who puts together a team of other special forces guys to track down a rogue special forces agent who has basically put together a band of mercenaries and reason, is, is committing a lot of crimes and murders and things like that. So that's the premise of the film. Um, like I say, I'm the lead in it. I'm playing the hero for once, the good guy, and uh, the lead <laughs> villain is Vinnie Jones, who has a, quite an extensive history in, in cinema too. So uh, very very excited for people to check this out.
1: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I had a chance to, to watch it, and it kind of gave, Oh, well, I watched both movies, and it kind of gave me the kind of feeling of um, watching a, like a John Wick movie. Um, they are very high action, and the fight choreography uh, is very good. And I think that's one of the things that jumps out at, uh, at you right away. Um, so how does your background of, bare knuckle boxing and your time in the wwe how does that translate over to you now doing these action films
2: uh i think it translates pretty well because what it means is that i'm okay getting beaten up so the producers of the film know that when it comes to me they don't actually have to pay a stuntman for the role um they just get (laughs) me to do everything and they know i'm i'm okay getting beaten up and getting a few bumps and bruises um so obviously i i have a long history um of being in Positions or jobs where I'm I'm getting beat up and I'm you know getting injuries and, and bruises and stuff. So that element of it is very easy. I'm naturally portraying a a very aggressive fighting guy, which is something again I've portrayed for many years in the professional wrestling world. Um, I like using my physicality. I'm a a big athletic guy, and um, the opportunity to display that in a different world from professional wrestling is is really cool for me and uh, there are intricate differences between how you portray yourself in a film fighting role versus professional wrestling so it's uh, it's also a new ladder for me to climb and learn from the guys that I'm working with
1: oh for sure um, how do you think now if this um, if this character takes off the way you you feel it will um, how does it feel to a Walk around in public, and you'll have uh, you know you have your friends calling you Stu, and then you might have a group of people calling you Wade, and now you might have some calling you John. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it was pretty weird because for years I've obviously been wrestle- been recognized for my professional wrestling career um, to the point where I assume that anybody who approaches me is a fan of my professional wrestling career, is a fan of WWE right. or whatever it might be. And I remember when the first one came out, I was actually living in Manhattan, New York at the time. Uh, I remember, you know, a few weeks after it came out, I, there, w- there was occasions where people would come up to me and I would automatically go into wrestling mode. And, you know, thinking about dropping the M3, and got some bad news, lying to them, oh, they love this one. And they, you know, they be going to be blankly, And <laughs> they'd see me in a film, and they like, you know, film we Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Definitely weird for me still to this day to be recognized for things outside of wrestling and the people who recognize me to have no idea of this background that I have. But it's cool too, you know, it shows the, the reach of things like Netflix and things like uh movies and how they reach parts of the population who are completely blind to professional wrestling and not interested at all. So yeah, definitely opening up some, some new uh new fans for me, shall we say? Right.
1: Um, yeah, that's crazy. Uh I did want to know. So I, from what I've done in my, from my research, uh, a big influence of yours getting into wrestling was the British Bulldog. So what, if any, what, was there an influence for you to get into acting?
2: Well, that's a good question. I mean, I grew up, like I said, in the 80s, and, and the first adult films I ever watched were films with Sylvester Stallone, um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So those would be the the two first that i jumped jump out at and, uh, and say them. I'd also say, coincidentally, Vinnie Jones, because uh, Vinnie Jones is someone I was a fan of his professional soccer career. Um, I've been a fan of so many of his movies since he transitioned there. And there's, there's certain parallels you can draw between what Vinnie did moving from soccer into action films um, as to what I have been trying to do certainly since I left pro wrestling and getting more involved in the film industry so um, I'm a fan of him of course there's obvious um, professional wrestlers who, who've been fantastic I think uh, Jesse the Bobby Ventura when you look at some of the stuff he did in, in like, Running Man and Predator um, he was fantastic um, guys like The Rock and Dave Batista have really been kicking down doors for anyone from the pro wrestling world who who wants to do a bit more in the acting world. Um, is going to find it easier because of guys like those too. So there's a lot of people who've gone before me who I'm I'm fans of, and um, if I'm you know following in their their tailwind, then it uh, certainly helps me, and I, I appreciate what they've done.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think at least people on my generation, we can all kind of appreciate those. 80s action flicks because that's, as a boy growing up, that's who we all wanted to be. We all wanted to be the Arnolds. We all wanted to be the Stallones because that was what kind of embodied, you know, being like this this big muscular man. And now I feel like that you are, uh can be that for this new generation coming up. Because um, from myself and many like me, you were very beloved in um, the WWE, and people were very uh, sad to see you leave. And can you speak a little bit to uh, what kind of uh, made you make that decision to uh, to part ways with the, the business? Yeah, I mean, when I left in 2016,
2: I'd already achieved a lot in the world of WWE, um, but I felt like my opportunities were, were being limited at that point, and I wasn't enjoying the creative aspect of being around WWE. On top of that, I was also very burned out. They were, you know, I was burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. Of the schedule I, I was on was killing me. I had no um, work-life balance. It was 100% work. Which, um, after all I'd achieved and all I'd done there, um, I was a little fed up with how things had started turning out. So I decided to move away at least for a little bit. Um, and subsequently i found my life quite enriched by the ability to do a lot of other things in, in terms of having a family at home in terms of being able to be involved in some acting stuff being able to be involve in some hosting of some tv stuff uh, being still involved in the professional wrestling industry doing uh commentary for nwa uh so i feel very fortunate at the moment that life has turned out pretty well post wwe but um, i mean WWE or, or professional wrestling in general will always be my first love. It's always what I kind of anchor myself to, and I'm always always going to be in and around the business in some capacity, so I'm certainly not, not done for good.
1: Yes, that's uh, good to hear, man. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I've always assumed that, you know, and from things I've watched, seen that uh professional wrestling takes a toll on most people, especially those that do it on to a very uh a late age. So yeah, I can imagine like, you know what, maybe it's time for to give my body somewhat of a break. Um Yeah, but, of
2: course there's also there's also an element of uh I didn't want to be somebody who left professional wrestling at, you know, 42, 43, 44, whenever a lot of guys tend to retire. Um, I didn't want to leap from that to suddenly trying to figure out what do I do next. I knew I was young enough to, to get a few opportunities in the film world um, or the TV hosting world or whatever it may be, and I wanted to, to build at least a little background in that while I still felt I was young enough to to get involved in that. Because once I got a little older, I think I would have found it even harder to to break it in any capacity. So um, I was also cognizant of
1: that. And I wanted to, like, kind of speak to you being, you know, becoming an action movie star, that, you know, a lot of actors that we see that are very brolic guys, uh, we assume that they're a badass because of their size, but you having a background in in bare-knuckle boxing, I feel like kind of adds a layer uh, to your resume that most can't speak to. That kind of makes you that much more of a badass, and, um, and and I think it translates into these movies that it's very fluid and it's very real looking, and there's a there's a authenticity that is there that may not be there for some others and, and like you said you you're doing your own stunt so it is that much more real um so yeah i think that that's going to end yeah, up I leading. Think, i'll go ahead I, I
2: think there's an i think there's an element of any time in um anytime in entertainment you can kind of blur fiction and reality somewhat it always helps the viewer and that that goes for professional wrestling um, and it goes for things in the world of film, too. So um, if there's anything from my background that helps the believability of a character or a performance, then we're always going to try and draw on that. In the same way that you look at a guy like Kurt Angle, um, and we all know his history as a amateur wrestler, a gold medalist, he can play the, the biggest loser character on the planet But the second that bell goes, you know you have to believe in everything he's doing because he can break a guy's neck in two seconds if he wanted to. That's (laughs) That believability with Kurt allowed him so much freedom to play the most ridiculous loser and be highly entertaining with it. But the second the bell goes, you know, okay, it's on. This guy's going to kick some ass. And that that was the brilliance of Kurt Angler. A huge part of that was this legitimacy that he had. So uh, I love things like that, anything from real life that gets automatically assumed in a fictional character, I think is fantastic. So uh, if, if that's running off in any way from me or my background, then, then great. <laughs> uh,
1: I do want to say um, I've noticed that you uh, have a credit as an executive producer uh, in this film. Um, what kind of hands-on approach did you take with this movie?
2: You know my my executive producer role um, in there just really reflects my um, involvement in perhaps shaping certain scenes, perhaps shaping uh, certain ideas on the script um, evolutionary films the producers there and uh, Ross Boyasky, is the writer and director they did ninety nine percent of everything but I think it just reflects my my ability to come in and say okay this scene here doesn't quite work for me as a character here's why i think we should change this here and uh, when you're in an exact executive producer capacity you get a little more freedom to sway the direction of certain scenes or, or certain aspects of the character and i really appreciate that i really appreciate the fact they gave me that ability to uh to have a little bit of influence just sprinkle a little bit of my personal influence on on the work that Ross have put together, and uh, we have a great working relationship. Obviously, it's the second film we've done. I hope we do more in the future because I love working with them, and uh, they're a highly professional bunch and very creative and have always been uh, a lot of fun to work with. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great experience all around working with Evolutionary Films.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it definitely, uh, you can definitely see that your will touch on it. Uh, and that kind of segues into my, my next question is, Without, you know, spoiling anything for anybody, do you see this character having a sequel, prequel uh, in the future?
2: Yeah, well, that was uh, that's certainly something we would like to do. A lot of it depends on the success of the film when it comes out. The first one when it came out, the, the Iron Vengeance, which came out in 2018, uh, did very well to the point where... Right after it was released, um, the funding came in for this this new one that we're releasing. And, and people were so impressed by the numbers that the, the first film had produced versus the cost to make it, um, that people immediately jumped on funding the, the next one. And we got a much bigger budget for the second one um, as a result of that success. So this one goes well, too. Um, and, of course, this global pandemic calms down somewhat. Um, then I think definitely we'll be uh, reprising the John Gold character. I know the writer and the director, Ross Boyask has a hundred ideas. I believe he already has two scripts written out um, for future future um, films in the franchise like this that um, he has at least mapped out in his head and, and mainly ran out to. Um, so there's definitely a lot of options there. But again, it comes down to success if, if people support this film and enjoy it. Um, and it does the kind of numbers that the first one did. Then I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be reprising it in the not too distant future.
1: That's great because I would definitely like to see a uh, a John Gold Jin Quay kind of duo movie. Because uh, there was one thing I noticed that in this movie the uh, the girls were pretty badass. Uh, I, there wasn't you know as much of a heroic female character in the first one, but this one. There are a few, and uh, they uh, they weren't playing <laughs> at all.
2: That, that, that's it. They were fantastic. And that's one of the, the biggest strengths, I think, of this film, is that uh, with the, the slightly increased budget that we had, we were able to, to pack out the cast a little more, and uh, make it a bit more re- well-rounded. And uh, being able to portray females in the almost the Ronda Rousey, Type uh, world of I oh, know these, these these might be women and it might be very attractive women uh, but they can kick some ass and uh, both ladies who were used in that capacity, uh, Katrina Durden uh, and Phoebe Robinson Galvin, they are fantastic and some of the best moments in the film, some of the greatest action moments in the film, uh, in the fight scenes involved those two and they're as tough as they come, uh, fantastic actresses too um, and it was important for. Evolutionary Films and, um, and Ross, the the director, to portray women in such a strong uh, light as opposed to the traditional damsel in distress and all that stuff. I think in 2020 we, we were aware that that's not a, a, a typical role for a woman to play anymore and it it's important for us to be on the leading edge of that progression that society has seen.
1: For sure. Don, we have time for Anna, Anna. Okay. Um, my last question. This is a good one. Hopefully. Um, So with uh, talking about C.G. Robinson, Galvin, I was looking at the cast list, and I noticed that uh, a vast majority of this cast has been in superhero movies in some capacity. Uh, With you being an action star now and your stature, do you foresee yourself possibly playing a superhero or a supervillain at some point?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, that's it's such a massive part of the film world in this day and age uh, with DC and Marvel and the, the volume of films that they're pumping out and the kind of numbers that those films do. Um, it's something I feel that I would be suited to. What character I will play, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think there's a character from the UK, um, Captain Britain, Um, who I don't Uh, think has ever been portrayed. I'm not a huge huge comic book geek, but I'm aware of Captain Britain. Nobody's ever done that. And there might be one, um, if you're a comic book fan, you might not have heard of an old British one called Banana Man, um, who I used to watch in cartoon form when I was a kid, and there's never actually been a film version of him. So if you haven't heard of Banana Man, go check him out. It's about a little kid who eats a banana and turns into Banana Man who can fly around the world and, and save everyone. His big rival is called Apple Man, um, which is a giant apple with legs. Um, so it's a uh, a very quirky style, and I think it's something that would suit indie film very well, and you could do something pretty funny with that. Um, so Banana Man, if anyone's out there looking to cast Banana Man, I'm the man. <laughs> you have to go check that out. Americans aren't familiar with Banana Man. Go check
1: it out. I promise you it's good. For sure. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, I appreciate your time. Everyone go check out I Am Vengeance, Retaliation, Friday, Video on Demand, uh, this June 19th. And, uh, again, I appreciate your time and uh, wish you good luck in the future, man. Thank you so much,
2: Dob. Thanks for having us on the show. Good luck with Deep Vibes.
1: Thank you very much, man. Talk to you some other time, hopefully.